0: What? Wow.
1: Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen to the Get Around After Dark, your one-stop shop for all that is prep sports uh, this week, including prep football and some soccer championship district action. I'm your host, Brendan Queeley, and with me in the studio is Brett Summers. But joining us right now on the phone is James Cook. He's on his way back from Boyne City after watching the Ramblers upset uh, Traverse City-St. Francis in a battle of the unbeatens in the final seconds of that game. James, if you could just kind of take me through that last play uh, that the uh, the Ramblers won. It was a broken field goal, is that correct?
0: Yeah, um, you know, Boyne City, uh, they were... They were trying, they were down a point and, uh, they were lining up for a field goal after a, a long pass to, uh, Basin Gardner, uh, got him down to the five yard line. Uh, St. Francis defense had a goal line stand and, uh, it was fourth down. So they decided to go for the field goal with kicker Jacob Dean. Um, it was just kind of a chip shot for him. He's a, he's a pretty decent kicker. Um, but he just, he had just showed up to the game, uh, earlier in the second half. Because uh, he was also playing on Boyne's uh, soccer team, which had just won the district championship game earlier, and uh, had been had been uh, brought into town with a with a procession of emergency vehicles and stuff like that, then um, suited up for the second half. I think he was only in there for the fourth quarter. Uh, Mason Gardner did all the kicking and punting before that, so they brought him on for the field goal. And the uh, the snap was a little low, and uh, the holder Ethan Hewitt uh, pulled it down and. And they ran the old uh, fire drill play where he just ran around until somebody got open and he threw it to, to uh, Dylan Sulak uh, before uh, some St. Francis defenders hit him. And uh, Sulak made a great play. I mean, he out jumped a couple of uh, St. Francis defenders in the back of the end zone to haul it down. And it was just a pretty great play. I mean, St. Francis had guys back there on him um, and he just went up and got it over them. Uh, St. Francis had kind of sold out on the play to try to block the field goal. But they still had a couple of guys in, the, in that in that position. Sulak just went up, high pointed the ball, came down with it. Uh, take me through, if you could, uh, real quick, just
1: the kind of differences in, in emotion. You must have been seeing both ends of the spectrum there. You know, the, the high of uh, Boyne City and then the low of Francis.
0: St. Francis. Uh, Boyne City just started celebrating uh, a lot, like you would expect. I mean, this is a, a, the biggest game of their regular season. Um, and, uh, and, the, and the team just kind of went nuts, mobbed, uh, Sulak and, uh, you know, St. Francis, uh, players, you know, just kind of put their hands down, uh, to their waist and started walking to the sideline, but they had a little bit, somewhat time left at 24 seconds left. So, uh, they were able to get a couple more plays, uh, just couldn't get it going and, uh, and get anything to, uh, to score there. You know, fortunately,
1: that's not the end of the season for St. Francis. It probably would have been a, a much more of a heartbreaking loss had that happened in the postseason.
0: Yeah, and there's a, and there's a pretty realistic shot that these two teams could play again. You know, if the, if things go the way we kind of think they might, um, you'll see uh, the St. Francis and Bowling still be the number one and two seed in that district in, in uh, Division three or Division six. I mean. Although I guess some of the Boeing coaches think that there's a possibility they still might get bumped up to Division 5. I guess they're kind of teetering at that edge, and it depends on one or two teams and whether they sneak in or not. But, uh, but most people seem to think they're going to be both in Division 6, and then uh, they would have to take care of business, obviously, in the first round, and uh, would play each other in the second round again in Boeing City.
1: Yeah, just a quick reminder to uh, our listeners out there that the last time that Traverse City-St. Francis lost in the regular season uh, was uh, more than three years ago when they lost to Boyne City in a close one, uh, 28-27 on September 26, 2014. Uh, That had been a streak of 30 regular season games in a row for
0: St. Francis. And and in that game, that was also at Boyne City, and it was also uh, kind of on a a similar play to to what Boyne City scored its touchdown on the beginning of this game a similar pass route at least uh it wasn't a halfback pass like it was today but uh but a similar pass route kind of uh, a corner route to the end zone and uh and that's what uh what wanted in overtime for boyne city I kind of wanted to go back to that last play, James, uh,
2: again, um, kind of a multi-part question. I mean, what did you observe, you know, not just in terms of the team, but as far as the crowd's reaction, both St. Francis supporters, because I'm assuming that they, they had a pretty well-traveled uh, fan base, um, but but Boyne City's as well, was it like a lot of shock or more celebration? And then, you know, from, from your perspective, I mean, where does that rank in terms of endings to games that you've seen in all the years that you've been covering uh covering sports and uh you know how
0: that ending shapes up. That one it's certainly gotta be up there in, in games that I've been to uh in person. Um you know the, the St. Francis fans were kind of in, in disbelief. Um and the Boyne City fans obviously were, were very raucous um and excited. Um the you know the, the St. Francis fans though I think were a little a little more muted in that they realized that uh that they lost this game while playing without Probably two of what their two of their three best players, because um, uh, Danny Passano, obviously the quarterback, uh, not playing because of his broken collarbone, and then uh, Joey Muslakovich uh, got what is believed to be a concussion in the first quarter and uh, left after only getting I think four carries. So those, those are two of your your big impact players, and they still played one City, you know, pretty tough on the road. Yeah, that's a major loss, losing
1: uh, Muzlakovic like that. I mean, he is not only a great running back and a great defensive player, but he's also a very vocal uh, leader out there and, and is one of those guys that can, can rally the team.
0: And he was, uh, he was still on the sideline for pretty much the whole game. Uh, you know, seemed to have his faculties about him um, and everything. They were just playing it, playing it safe. Um, weren't going to let him go back in the game. Um, so I, I think he'll probably be ready to go next week. Uh, They said they weren't going to rush him back if, you know, if there were more symptoms or anything like that. But uh, I would kind of, by the way, he was acting on the sideline, I would kind of think that that he could be ready to go next week.
2: I just want to say that I told you guys when we went over how many teams were going to end the season undefeated (laughs) that I said they weren't. And what happens in week nine, Traverse City West and Traverse City St. Francis both go down.
1: (laughs) Well, I think it's common knowledge by this point. That Mr. Brett Summers over there is much smarter when it comes to sports. Well, all right, definitely much smarter than me when it comes to sports. If you know, especially if we're looking at NFL picks, which uh, I happened to go one in twelve on this past week, which was just uh, frighteningly embarrassing, I would say. I'm glad but, you didn't
2: call it impressive again because it wasn't. It
1: was. It was impressive from a statistical standpoint. It's very difficult to go 1 and 12. It's just as difficult to go 1 and 12 as it is to go 12 and 1. I'd say it's actually more difficult uh, because you know, you're picking you're trying to pick winners but somehow you pick losers. Now, again, to our listeners, I don't watch the NFL nor do I care about the NFL. I don't know any NFL players. It's just it's not something that I pay attention to. So, All right, James, you don't need to be here for this, so we're going to let you go. I really appreciate you taking the time uh, on your way back. Uh, Make sure that you drive safe and uh, enjoy the golf finals tomorrow. Yeah, no
0: problem. I'm somewhere between uh, Mancelona and Kalkaska right now. All right, drive safe, buddy.
1: Moving on now to other action in the prep football arena. Let's take a quick look at Traverse City Central, which also punched its ticket to the postseason tonight with a big win over Cadillac. Uh, Brett, you were out there at that game. Uh, What did you see from Central that uh, led to that win?
2: You know, I, uh, just because of the way the schedule has shaken out and everything this year, it feels like I haven't seen Central play a whole lot of times. Uh, but this was the most complete performance I've seen from them, uh, you know, in person this season. Uh, they took control from the from the outset and, um, you know, rolled to a 48-14 win. Um, offensively, defensively, special teams, all they, they made plays in all three phases of the game, big plays. Um, and, uh, you know, they... I, I didn't really have any doubt that they would win this game, but I wanted to see how they won this game. And, uh, you know, they they showed that when their mindset's right and uh, not making mistakes, that, you know, they're a very talented team that can play with any, anybody. You know, when, when, the, when the pairings come out on Sunday, you know, even if they happen to be a four seed, uh, which could happen uh, in the district, um, I would expect that they'll feel like they can play with whoever that, uh, number one would be, or if it's a 2-3 matchup, whatever, but uh, you know, they they went down, a couple of the biggest plays uh, they went down on their opening possession of the first quarter uh, kicked a field goal, up 3-0, uh, gave Pickett, 35 yards and then uh, uh, Coach Sugars opted to pooch kick down the right sideline, and it was, you know, I've seen this more than once this year and it really kind of boggles my mind, I, I wish I I could get a real explanation for it, but the kick goes down and settles on, like, I think it was the 26 or 36-yard line, and the Boynton City player is literally standing right over the ball and not picking it up. Was he treating it like a punt? Is that what he's thinking? Yeah, but, I mean, he's standing within two feet of the ball and just standing there looking at it and not going to pick it up. And I don't, I don't know if kids, you know, if there's some kids that just, you know, they play football but they don't watch it or they don't learn the game or what, but I mean, he he clearly didn't know that he needed to pick the ball up because it was live, and Sam Schmidt came diving in and fell on it, gave Central the ball right back in great field position, and they punched it in for a 10-0 lead, and, um, you know, they quickly uh, followed that up, pushed it to 20-0 to before Cadillac scored on kind of a last-second Hail Mary in the first half, and then, uh central reeled off the first 28 points on four straight touchdown possessions in the second half to to run away with it um,
1: if you could just talk to me a little bit about how impressive Tobin Schwanke was tonight both uh, through the air and on the ground
2: well you know the the emphasis tonight was very much on the ground uh you know I have seen games where they really rely on his arm more than his legs but uh Tonight, very ground heavy, um, 18 carries, 107 yards, three touchdowns. All, all three touchdowns were less than 10 yards, but, um, you know, he just, he, he's a, as coach Eric Sugar's uh, termed and called him after the game, he's a playmaker. Uh, I think he also called him slippery. I don't know if that's quite whitery from the replacements, but he's slippery and, like uh, an eel, it, like an eel, yes, Tobin Schwanteke.
1: Tobin the eel, Schwanteke. Oh, Schwanke. we are
2: giving out nicknames right now, ladies and gentlemen. Tobin, you can thank us later. But yeah, I mean, he just he played phenomenally tonight. Uh, through the air, he was six of eleven, hundred thirty nine yards, two scores. Um, you know, the the lo- longest one of those, uh, seventy three yards to Dylan Leggett, and really that was, um, you know, Leggett doing a lot of the work. He was open on the short route, and then he just he's got speed to speed the kills and. Uh, took it to the house. So um, you know it was just a it was a really uh, really solid performance for Central tonight. I know that you talked to a couple of the players about this uh,
1: after the game, and of course, there was the student fan section that was cheering who they we
2: want West who they want in the We playoffs. want West. yeah, there was no uh, no doubt about who uh, the central students hope. The Trojans draw on Sunday. Uh, should West get bumped down to that second division, um, you know, I, I I asked Coach Eric Sugars about it first, and uh, you know he wasn't really w- uh, willing to go that far. I think he was looking at it more of, uh, uh, from a perspective of, you know, would playing West net us a home game, which even though West would be the home team, it would be a home game, and it's probably the only way that Central gets a home game uh, in this postseason. So, um... But then, yeah, I asked Tobin about it, and it was kind of funny because he gave me kind of a, a scripted answer about, well... Coach speak. Yeah, coach speak. Um, you know, we'll take who's ever on the schedule and play hard. And I said, sure you will. Tobin, yeah. come on. And, uh, and then he said, yeah, you know, it'd be pretty good to get some revenge against West. So, you know, there was that. And then, you know, I asked Sam Schmidt as well, and he just said, you know, they, they definitely would like a second run against them, and if, you know, if they could pick anybody to play in the postseason which obviously they can't uh but if they could um you know west is who who they'd want to want to take on
1: all right speaking of west uh, up until this week, we had five times where the Traverse City teams went three and zero. This week, the Traverse City teams went one and two, with uh, Central picking up the only win. West took its first loss of the season on Thursday night against uh, Coldwater in a twenty-four to nine decision. There, it was not the West team that has shown up through the first eight weeks. They looked a little bit out of sorts and, and couldn't really get that offense going. They also their, their defense in the first half wasn't on point as much as it had been throughout, like I said, the first eight weeks of the season, but it came back strong in that second half, allowing only three points, and that came late in the fourth quarter. But the offense just for some reason could not get going, and I think probably the biggest reason that was is because they were without starting center Sawyer Perquet who had just been a monster for them through those first eight games, and without him, he was out with uh, with an injury to his leg. Without him... They just could not get anything going uh, on the ground, uh, and also defensively, he's a de- defensive lineman for him, and that probably affected early on giving up those points, but uh, it was it, it was interesting to talk with uh, head coach Tim Moore after because he kind of said, listen, these kids can either pout about the loss or they can come back and they can scratch and claw and fight in the playoffs and, and try to get that win. Um, you, you're... You're certainly hoping if you're a head coach or if if you're a, a member of that team that everybody's gonna everyone's gonna buy into coming out and fighting and proving that last week's loss was uh, was an aberration and uh,
2: wasn't true of who they actually were. I gotta ask you Brendan I mean what what was your level of shock after opposite central you know West has played almost seemingly every game at home at Thurlby this year so you've seen them a lot I mean how how shocked were you as to the team that you saw on the field uh, Thursday night versus the team that you've seen all season? I just didn't. I,
1: I. I'm almost at a loss for words. Honestly, trying to think of a reason. I. It's. I don't think that the kids weren't trying. Their heads just kind of weren't there, it seemed like. There were a couple plays where they ran into each other. They had uncharacteristic turnovers, which is something they haven't done all season. They put the ball on the ground a couple of times in the first week against Midland, but after that, I mean, they were always plus in the turnovers on every game after that. Andrew Campbell went down with a, with a knee injury. Uh, Early in the in the second quarter, and that was a big loss as well because you had Jacob Pulowski who had been battling turf toe all season, and if anybody who's ever had turf toe knows that that just doesn't go away. Uh, It it bothers you, uh, uh, you know, and it lingers. It's a lingering injury, so he probably was still dealing with that. And you know, uh, you were, you were. They've been hit with some injuries this season, and I think it caught up to them. Uh Thursday night, and I think it kind of affected the team chemistry, which is why you saw saw them kind of out of sorts and you know again, what we're said is like the kids can either complain about not having Sawyer or they can uh, about not having Andrew Campbell or they can have that next man up mentality which they had had through the first you know when players went down, everybody was stepping up, but without Sawyer, it just seemed. I mean, he, it, it's really, to me, looking at that, how one player can have such an effect on a team. You can kind of look at it the same way as how Glen Lake has been this season without Duke Angers. They miss Duke Angers so much out there in Glen Lake. I'm not saying that Glen Lake isn't a good team. They are a good team. I'm not saying that Weston isn't a good team. They're, they're a fantastic team. You have two really strong teams there. But sometimes, I mean, you're looking for that guy with some size and someone who with, uh, with strong leadership qualities. Moving on to other action here uh, in the football world, like I said, Elk Rapids picking up its seventh win of the season with a 36-6 victory over the Sheboygan Chiefs. Skyler Campbell went 19-27 for 27 with 208 yards passing, two touchdowns. He also had seven carries and had a touchdown as well. Joburg punched its ticket to the postseason with a big win, 50-8 over Harbor Springs. Kevin Geringer had four touchdowns two rushing, two receiving. He had 113 rushing yards and 78 yards uh, receiving as well. Bel Air uh, picked up its fifth winning and is awaiting its playoff destiny come Sunday. Not sure if they're going to be able to make it in uh, via the point system. Uh, Andrew Dennis, uh, 175 yards rushing and two touchdowns. Connor Nepoth also had a an 80-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. Manton uh, finished the season on a high note going three straight wins to end things, but finishing at four and five, so they're out of the playoffs. Jaden Perry, I'm just going to go over some numbers here for this kid because he was breaking records tonight. He had 18 carries for 267 yards, three touchdowns. He broke the season uh, single-season rushing record. He's got more than 1,500 yards now. He also has more than 600 yards receiving and more than 800 yards returning. Those are some wow. crazy numbers right there. So uh, you, uh, so that's that's... Is that almost three thousand all purpose yards? It's close, yeah. He's he's sitting around, yeah, about
2: twenty nine hundred. Wow. Yeah. Congrats, yeah. Jaden Perry. Yeah, you can't say more than wow. I mean, right. I watched him play a lot, you know, last basketball season, taking Matt into the final four. Great great basketball player. I didn't I didn't know uh that. the kid is quick. Yeah. You saw him on the basketball court. He is yes. fast and yeah. he is a fiery competitor.
1: Like that kid wants to win all of the time and he gives it his all. So you can see it with those numbers right there I uh, you know I'm sure that those numbers don't kind of do the the justice that the kind of competitor that that kid is
2: and and kudos to the rest of his teammates too you start the season one and five and you don't quit and you end up with a three game winning streak to to end the year that's a that's good work by the coaching staff and the kids there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right, Sutton's Bay with a 36-24 to win. That was in a uh, battle of the teams that needed to win to get into the playoffs. So Sutton's Bay is in there with six wins, and Misik, is, it's, uh, they're in the eight-man, so it's a possibility that they could get in at five and four. Uh, Ethan Humphreys for Misik, 16 for 23, 113 yards and three touchdowns. But he also had three interceptions, and that uh, that hurt Misik tonight. That hurt the Bulldogs. Central Lake finished its season 9-0 with a dominating 68-20 win over Bear Lake in the Battle of the Lakes, is what I called it. Uh, They actually led 68-6 at halftime. Gavin Mortensen, three carries, 114 yards, and a touchdown. He was 3-5 for passing for 83 yards and three touchdowns, and he also had a punt return for a touchdown, so he was all over the field. Grayling beat up on Cal Casket to get into the playoffs, 50-33. Justin Nicholas, again, this kid is... Justin Ridiculous that's what I'm saying 27 for 48 372 yards 7 touchdowns so he has 15 touchdowns in the last 2 weeks and he's and almost 1,000 yards no uh, and in the in, last 3 oh, weeks oh in the last 2 years, almost 1,000 right. yards yeah, but in the 2 games before this he had 1,000 yards because he had gone six sixteen, and I think what was it four twenty-four the that's week before that's right, Just, right. Yeah. the kid I don't he's good that's that's pretty much what it is uh that so yeah that wraps up our uh, prep football talk for tonight but we want to get into just a little bit of soccer we had some championship matches tonight as uh Leland battled Elk Rapids to a one to nothing victory it was I'm going to tell you right now it was a great game and I know that Brett you don't like ties but uh, throughout this game you were looking at two really evenly matched teams and Adam Molesky uh, was fortunate enough to get a goal past Ethan Pike, who was on point tonight. Uh, he made some incredible saves off the fingertips. He also made some great rebound saves where he made a save, it, it bounced off, and then someone tried to kick it past him. And he just, I mean, he was, he was fighting for his life tonight, and so was every player on that field. I I can't say enough about how impressed I was with Leland and Elk Rapids. Um, talking to Elk Rapids head coach. Nate Plum, after the game, he was understandably emotional, as were a lot of the players, uh, including the seniors. Uh, they had a strong senior class highlighted by uh, Jaden Christensen and, and Grayson Krakow and, and, and several others. Uh, but they're a young team, and, and I, I expect them to bounce back next year. I was able to talk to my favorite athlete, Coe Blonde, after the game, clearly Athlete of the Week, uh, who should have been an Athlete of the Week a couple, uh, couple of weeks ago, and I'm still, like Let said, it go. I'm still upset and bitter about it. Let it, it go. I'm. I. I bet he's let it go, um, but I haven't let it go. So, um, Cope, know,
2: tweet Brandon and tell him to let it go. All right. Well, yeah. If you do that, I'll stop talking about it.
1: But yeah, it was. Uh, it, it was just a, a really, really uh, fantastic game. Very, very competitive, and uh, Leland certainly deserved to come out of there with the win. They they played their hearts out. But even talking with Joe Berta after the game. He said that wasn't their best game. They made a lot of mistakes, and there's a lot they can improve upon. And, and Kobe agreed. He said, we're going to have to improve. We're going to have to do things to get better because the competition from here on out is only going to get better.
2: You know, I just I just want to say something about, you know, the level of play in boys' soccer in, in no, the northern Michigan area that we've had this year. I mean, from Leland to Buckley to Elk Rapids to Traverse City Central, Traverse City West. To North Bay. To North Bay. Um you know, we've, we've really seen a large number of very good soccer teams. And, um, and really, really good players, too. Yes. Like I, like I said, we are going to have a
1: tough time picking an all-region soccer player over the year. There are plenty of candidates up
2: there. So Yeah, very, just, you know, hats off to all those guys and, uh, you know, those still playing. Best of luck moving forward. And
1: in the other game that we had, uh, the Buckley Bears mercied Walkerville eight nothing, and uh, actually got a walk off on an Austin Harris goal. Uh, head coach John Vermilia said it was a screamer from about either sixty six or he said sixty six to seventy feet. So it was he fired that one out of there. Um, you had Ridge Beeman with two goals, Denver Kade with two goals, Austin Harris with two goals. He also had three assists. Um, yeah, that is a, that's a team that came in with, I'd say, something to prove when they started the season. They started the season unranked, and now they're sitting at number 8 in Division 4. And it's uh, it, it's impressive what they've done throughout the season, and that includes a, a 3 nothing win against Leland, who they might see in the regional championship game if they can get by Western Michigan Christian, which is ranked number 3.
2: Yeah, we, we know one thing for sure about Buckley after tonight. The cakewalks are over. District wins uh, over Walkerville uh, thir- Friday night and then Wednesday... Against Pine River, both eight zero mercies. Um, that that's over now because Muskegon um, West Mich- Michigan Christian is a phenomenal team. They uh, you know talking actually to um, John Vermilia uh, after Wednesday's game. Uh, they they drove down to watch them play Leland, and uh, even though Leland won that game four to two, he was extremely impressed. Uh, with Muskegon West, West Michigan Christian, and uh, felt like had they done some things differently, they may have been on the other end, the winning end of that game instead of Leland. So uh, you've got that coming up. Uh, number one team in the state, or no, number three, excuse me. They're number three. West Michigan Christian is number three, Leland's number two. So, uh, as, as also as Vermilia keeps saying, you got to beat one Goliath to face uh, another. The easy easy street stops now, and it's all uphill from here.
1: What I thought was really interesting about what Vermilia told me tonight is that during that game, the Buckley players actually were rooting for Leland to win, which, talking to the Buckley players before the season started... Didn't seem like something they would ever do. I mean, that seems like there's such a, a great rivalry between those two teams, which would why be why it would be fantastic to see them face off in the regional championship game. I think everybody here at the, especially in the sports department of the newspaper, is rooting for that matchup.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, you know, you, they split the first two games. Um, you know, the first one was a very close game in Leland, two to one. Although. Uh, you know, Leland led throughout that one. They went up two nil before Buckley scored, and then obviously Buckley kind of pulls the a little bit of a surprise just in the fact that it, not that they could win or that they would beat Leland, but that it was three to nothing. I don't, I don't think anybody would would have expected that result. So uh, you can bet if that matchup comes up, um, you know, Leland's gonna definitely want some payback there and and Buckley's gonna want to try to string two in a row together over a team that I'm not I'm not sure the last time that they've beaten Leland two games in a row
1: yeah Leland is going to be facing either Roscommon or Oscoda in the in the regional semifinal before they get a chance to take on either uh, Buckley or Western Michigan Christian I can tell you one thing right now Buckley is not going to have any trouble trying to get up for that game Uh, they are going to be ready to go. You were looking at uh, five players on that team who who made that run to the state championship game in basketball last year. And if we were talking about Jaden Perry as a fiery competitor, you can say that doubly for those Buckley boys. That'll wrap it up for us here in the offices of the Traverse City Record Eagle. I want to thank James Cook one more time for coming online with us. I really appreciate that, and I know Brett does as well. Uh, Make sure that you tune in to Tuesday's show. We're going to have a big guest as Snooze to You comes on and uh, speaks with us about all the playoff matchups, which will be announced on Sunday. Uh, again, this is the Get Around After Dark. You can find us on Twitter at TCRE You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash tcresports. And you can also find the three of us on Twitter at JamesCook14, at Sportswriter and at Brendan Quealy. Thank you so much for listening, and have a good rest of the weekend.